welcome to Even Darker. I'm so glad you're here. Thanks for joining me as I delve into my fascination of fairy tales and myths. In each episode, Jastonette will tell us a story. Then I, Regina Drake, will review the points of the fairy tale I found most interesting, dark, or downright unforgivable. If possible, I will share with you the suspected origin of the tale, hence the even darker. Take heed. These stories are the original early content, not the Big Mouse version. No shade on him, but this is not for the young. For our fourth episode, I chose the well-known Little Red Riding Hood. The first version we will cover is the true history of Little Golden Hood. It comes from France, though there are versions from Italy, Ireland, Romania, Germany, and Poland. The author is Charles Morels. He was thought to be born in 1827, they're a little unsure, but he died in 1895. It's suggested that this was published around 1888. And now for our story. The True History of Little Golden Hood by Charles Maillet. You know the tale of poor Little Red Riding Hood that the wolf deceived and devoured with her cake, her little butter can, and her grandmother? Well, the true story happened quite differently as we now know. And first of all, the little girl was called and is still called Little Golden Hood. Secondly, it was not she nor the good Grand Dame, but the wicked wolf who was in the end caught and devoured. Only listen, the story begins something like the tale. There once was a little peasant girl, pretty and nice as a star in its season. Her real name was Blanchette, but she was often called Little Golden Hood on account of a wonderful little cloak with a hood, gold and fire-colored, which she always had on. This little hood was given to her by her grandmother, who was so old that she did not know her age. It ought to bring her luck, for it was made of a ray of sunshine, she said. And as the good old woman was considered something of a witch, everyone thought that the little hood rather bewitched too. And so it was, as you shall see. One day the mother said to the child, Let us see, my little golden hood, if you know how to find your way by yourself. You shall take this good piece of cake to your grandmother for a Sunday treat tomorrow. You will ask her how she is and come back at once without stopping to chatter on the way with people you don't know. Do you quite understand? I quite understand, replied Blanchette gaily, and off she went with the cake quite proud of her errand. But the grandmother lived in another village, and there was a big wood to cross before getting there. At a turn in the road, under the trees, suddenly, who goes there? Friend Wolf. He had seen the child start alone, and the villain was waiting to devour her 
when at the same time he perceived some woodcutters who might observe him, and he changed his mind. Instead of following upon Blanchette, as he, he came frisking up to her like a good dog. "'Tis you, my nice little golden hood," said he. So the little girl stops to talk with the wolf, who, for all that, she did not know in the least. "'You know me, then,' said she. "'What is your name? My name is Friend Wolf. And where are you going, thus, my pretty one, with your little basket on your arm?' "'I'm going to my grandmother, to take her a piece of cake for her Sunday treat tomorrow.' "'And where does she live, your grandmother?' She lives on the other side of the wood, in the first house in the village near the windmill, you know. Ah, yes, I know now, said the wolf. Well, that's just where I'm going. I shall get there before you, no doubt, with your little bits of legs, and I'll tell her you're coming to see her. Then she'll wait for you. Thereupon the wolf cuts across the wood and in five minutes arrives at the grandmother's house. He knocks at the door. Talk, talk. No answer. He knocks louder. Nobody. Then he stands up on end, puts his four paws on the latch, and the door opens. Not a soul in the house. The old woman had risen early to sell herbs in the town, and she'd gone off in such haste that she'd left her bed unmade with her great nightcap on the pillow. Good, said the wolf to himself. I know what I'll do. He shut the door, pulls on the grandmother's nightcap down to his eyes. Then he lies down all his length in the bed, and draws the curtains. In the meantime, the good Blanchette went quietly on her way, as the little girls do, amusing herself here and there, picking Easter daisies, watching little birds making their nests, and running after the butterflies which fluttered in the sunshine. At last, she arrives at the door. Knock, knock. Who's there, says the wolf, softening his rust voice as best he can. It's me, Granny, your little golden hood. I'm bringing you a big piece of cake for your Sunday treat tomorrow. Press your finger on the latch then and push the door open. Why, you've got a cold, Granny, she said, coming in. Ahem, a little, a little, replies the wolf, pretending to cough. Shut the door well, my little lamb. Put your basket on the table and then take off your frock and come lie down by me. You shall rest a little. The good child undresses, but observe this. She kept on her little hood upon her head. When she saw what a figure her granny cut in bed, the poor little thing was much surprised. Oh, cries she, how like you are to friend wolf, grandmother. That's a count of my nightcap, child, replies the wolf. Oh, what hairy arms you've got, grandmother. All the better to hug you, my child. Oh. What a big tongue you've got, grandmother. All the better for answering, child. Oh, what a mile full of great white teeth you have, grandmother. That's for crunching little children with. And the wolf opened his jaws wide to swallow Blanchette. She put down her head crying, Mama, Mama. And the wolf only caught her little hood. Whereupon, oh dear, oh dear, he draws back, crying and shaking his jaw as if he had swallowed red-hot coals. It was the little fire-colored hood that burnt his tongue right down his throat. 
The little hood, you see, was one of those magic caps that they used to have in former times in stories for making oneself invisible or invulnerable. So there was the wolf with his throat burnt, jumping off the bed, trying to find the door, howling and howling as if all the dogs in the county were at his heels. Just at that moment, the grandmother arrives, returning from the town with her long sack empty on her shoulder. Ah, brigand, she cries. Wait a bit. Quickly, she opens her sacks wide across the door, and the mad wolf springs in head downwards. Now that he is caught, swallowed like a letter in the post, for the brave old dam shuts her sack, so, and she runs and empties it in the well, where the vagabond, still howling, tumbles in and is drowned. Ah, scoundrel, you thought you would crunch my little grandchild. Well, tomorrow... We will make her a muff of your skin, and you yourself will be crunched, for we will give your carcass to the dogs. Thereupon, the grandmother hastened to dress poor Blanchette, who is still trembling with fear in the bed. Well, she said to her, without my little hood, where would you be now, darling? And to restore heart and legs to the child, she made her eat a good piece of her cake and drink a good draught of wine, after which she took her by the hand and led her back to the house. And then, who was it who scolded her when she knew all that had happened? It was the mother. But Blanchette promised over and over again that she would never more stop to listen to a wolf, so that at last her mother forgave her. And Blanchette, the little golden hood, kept her word, and in fine weather she still may be seen in the fields with her pretty little hood, the color of the sun. But to see her, you must rise early. Ah, leave it to the French to have the correct story of Little Red Riding Hood. Excuse me, Little Golden Hood, for 134 years. Also notice the difference in the title. I was raised with Little Red Riding Hood, whereas this is the true history of Little Golden Hood. And I uh, want you to remember that because we're going to come back to it at the end of the episode. As the story unfolded, I was struck with the fact that this is the code of conduct inducted upon me by my mother of how I should treat strangers. Even in the age of the phone, I was told to never tell people who had called the house that I was home alone. So I winced when Golden Hood told the wolf practically her, you know, morning and afternoon itinerary, her grandmother's house number. I mean, it's just like, you don't do that. I actually came across the moral of this story. Here it is. Children, especially young ladies, should never talk to strangers. For if they should do so, they may well provide dinner for a wolf. I say wolf, but there are various kinds of wolves. There are also those who are charming, quiet, polite, unassuming, complacent, and sweet who pursue young women at home and in the streets. And unfortunately, it is these gentle wolves who are the most dangerous ones of all. As promised, now for even darker. The Grandmother, France, 
There was a woman who made some bread. She said to her daughter, go out and carry a hot loaf and a bottle of milk to your grandmother. And so the little girl set forth. Where two paths crossed, she met the bijou werewolf who said to her, where are you going? I'm carrying a hot loaf and a bottle of milk to my grandmother. Which path are you taking, said the bijou? The one of needles or the one of pins? The one of needles, said the little girl. Good, I'm taking the one of pins. The little girl entertained herself by gathering needles. The bazoo arrived at the grandmother's house and killed her. He put some of her flesh in the pantry and a bottle of her blood on the shelf. The little girl arrived and knocked at the door. Push on the door, said the bazoo. It's blocked with a pail of water. Good day, grandmother. I brought you a hot loaf and a bottle of milk. Put it in the pantry, my child. Take some of the meat that is there and the bottle of wine that is on the shelf. While she was eating, a little cat was there, said for shame. The slut is eating her grandmother's flesh and drinking her grandmother's blood. Get undressed, my child, said the bazoo, and come to bed with me. Where should I put my apron? Throw it into the fire. You won't need it anymore. And for all her clothes, her bodice, her dress, her petticoat, and her shoes and stockings, she asked where she should put them, and the wolf replied, throw them into the fire, my child. You won't need them anymore. When she had gone to bed, the little girl said, oh, grandmother, how hairy you are. The better to keep myself warm, my child. Oh, grandmother, what long nails you have. The better to scratch myself with, my child. Oh, grandmother. What big shoulders you have, the better to carry firewood with, my child. Oh, grandmother, what big ears you have, the better to hear with, my child. Oh, grandmother, what a big nose you have, to better take my tobacco with, my child. Oh, grandmother, what a big mouth you have, the better to eat you with, my child. Oh, grandmother, I have to do it outside. Do it in bed, my child. Oh, no, grandmother, I really have to do it outside. All right, but don't take long. The bazoo tied a woolen thread to her foot and let her go. As soon as the little girl was outside, she tied the end of the thread to a plum tree in the yard. The bazoo grew impatient and said, Are you doing a load? Are you doing a load? Not hearing anyone reply, he jumped out of bed and hurried after the little girl who had escaped. He followed her, but he arrived at her home just as she went inside. This story was collected by the folklorist Akil Millen. He lived from 1838 to 1927, and it's from France and is thought to be from around 1870. Okay, I admit there is a lot to unpack here. Let's begin with the use of the word slut. This being the second fairy tale it's been used in, I began to wonder, is this going to be coming up a lot in stories? And it led me to want to look up the definition. The first one I found is a woman of dirty, slovenly 
of untidy habits or appearance of foul slattern. Yes, slattern. This was used in 1402, predating citations for either the F word or the C word. And, okay, the second definition is a woman of low or loose character, a bold, impudent girl, a hussy, jade. Jade. That's interesting. I never heard that. Sir Thomas Burton, in The Anatomy of Melancholy, published in 1651, refers to a peevish, drunken flirt, a waspish, chloric slut. It took 249 years for the word slut to develop into Sir Burton's usage. It doesn't leave much of a change for the leap of how it's used now, huh? Bizzo, werewolf, telling the child to strip. Yikes. What age is she? Uh, one account, I believe I read she was 12, and in another, 6. Also, wasn't it odd? Take off your clothes and burn. You know, just burn that piece, burn. You don't need it. Do you think that tipped the child off, that that wasn't her grandmother? Okay, I don't want to get sidetracked, but a talking cat. And its only business in the story is to take the little girl's inventory about eating and drinking her grandmother. <laughs> I, I didn't see that coming, right? Little cannibalism and, oh my God. Okay, now here's... I have to admit, I lost it. Oh, I was laughing so hard. Do it outside, doing it in the bed. Are you doing a load? I felt juvenile, but it was a good laugh. And I'll take all I can get. All right, now I'd like to circle back around to what I said about the titles. Little Red Riding Hood versus Little Golden Hood. Um... I found a nice roomy rabbit hole that I fell through connecting this story to mythology, the Golden Hood. Listener, am I the last to get on the bus? Are fairy tales connected to mythology? Because this is the first time that I came across a connection. And this one is connected to Fenner. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Any of you who enjoyed the Marvel Ragnarok may recognize some of the references. But uh, here's a line from one of the poems. Fenrir, the child of Loki, will devour the sun. And in Ragnarok, he will fight against the chief god Odin and swallow him. So you see the, the parallel there. We've got Riding Hood or Golden Hood represents the sun. And she is swallowed by the wolf. So, end of days. I can't wait till we start the mythology. Though, will it really fit? It's even darker because mythology is just plain dark, right? So we'll just go. We'll just go dark. I hope you enjoyed this podcast of Even Darker. Please give us a follow like anything. Uh, I'm also checking the voicemails to see if I have anything from you listeners that I can use on future shows. 
I want to thank Jay for being our storyteller. Even Darker is made with Anchor and can be found on Spotify podcast platform. But I hope it will soon be available on many, many more. Thanks for being here.